Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Straight Word, where we go through the Word of God line by line and verse for verse. So I've decided to go through the entire book of Colossians with you guys, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. This book is a very in-depth book on what the church looks like, typical problems that go on in the church, what a Christian looks like, and how we ought to act in the church, how we ought to be out in the world. So let us begin in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 1. And I ask that you go with me. Open your own Bible up. See what I'm saying so that you know I'm not just telling you a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. So again, the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Coloss. Now, it's very important when reading the word of God to understand who the audience is so that there's no confusion. So you see right there in verse 2. The audience is who? To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. So it's written to the church. Now a lot of people take that the wrong way sometimes. Say, well, what about the unbeliever? The message for the unbeliever is still the same. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. Why? continue to teach them other things that they do not understand whenever they haven't even gone through the very basic simplicity of the gospel. Believe in Jesus. You cannot understand the word of God if you haven't already accepted Christ into your life. It's impossible. So we see to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. Now, what is a saint? What is someone who is in Christ? A saint is someone who is holy. Someone who has decided to say, Lord, I'm no longer going to live for myself. I'm surrendering my rights, my desires, and my will to you, Jesus. And I want to do what you want me to do. I'm setting myself apart. That's what it means to be holy. And that's what God has called every single one of us to be. Holy, set apart, no longer living for this world, but now living for the kingdom of God. Living each day for Jesus. Every second, every breath that we take should be given to the Lord. From the moment we wake up, we should be thanking God. Throughout the day, we should be calling on Jesus. When we end our day, we should be thanking God, seeking Him. That's what a saint is. A saint is also one who serves, one who is a picture of Christ on the earth. Again, not one who's living for the world, but one who is living for the kingdom of God. So it's very confusing because there's a lot of people who claim to be a saint or someone who is in Christ, but yet people look at them and they say, well, they're acting just as I act, and I'm an unbeliever, so what's the difference between us two? That's why I believe there's not a big revival, is because we have not 
painted a picture of what a Christian really looks like. You see, we, the church, are supposed to be the body of Christ. We're supposed to be as if Christ never left the earth. We were supposed to carry on the work that he started. And when I say that, I mean furthering the kingdom of God. I don't mean dying for sin. He did that once and for all. But you see, then he left us with the one commission, and that was to go make disciples of all nations. That was to go and, and serve. He said, I, I leave my example for you whenever he was washing the disciples' feet. He left that example for us to show us how to live our lives here on the earth. So we have, so we have to spread the kingdom, to spread the word of God, and to go and serve one another. That's what Christ did on the earth, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. But we haven't been doing that. And so we've actually been making it more confusing for people around the world, especially here in America. They looked at it and said, well, they're not acting any different than me, so why do I need to change? It's so important. You see, the way we live our lives is a testimony in itself. The way we conduct ourselves at work, the way we conduct ourselves at home. Are you acting different at your house versus whenever you're at work or when people come over? That's when you'll really find out who someone is, is how they act whenever there's no one around. Or how they act with just them and their spouse. So this is who it's being written to, the saints who are in Christ. Not those fake Christians. Look, if you say you're a Christian, but you're still practicing sin, you're not a Christian. Sorry to say this to you, but I say this with all the love in my heart. You must repent and turn away from your sin and live for Jesus. So this is not even written to them. This is written to those who are in Christ. Those who are following Jesus. So again, a saint, someone who is holy, who is set apart to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's so wonderful. You know, you can't, you can't have the peace of God without first receiving the grace of God. And once you, receive that, once you receive that grace from God, which is the gift of God, His Son, Jesus Christ, you then... We'll have a peace that surpasses all understanding. So you cannot have peace without grace. You can't have grace without peace. That Those two just come hand in hand, but they come grace first and then peace. Who does it come from? It comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes from God. He's the one. He's the giver of grace and peace. So let's read those first three verses in context. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, writing to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Coloss, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ 
praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ, Jesus, and of your love for all the saints. Now, I'd like to stop right there. Read that again. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. So now Paul is in prison writing this letter to this church. And one of his um, fellow companions actually went to this church in person and came back and met Paul in prison and gave word to Paul about what was going on in the church in Colossus. What was going on in the Colossians church? And so he's giving them this report. And so now Paul, Paul is saying, look, since we heard of your faith. So Paul never once, I don't believe Paul ever actually saw the faith, saw the Christians there in Colossians. I don't believe he actually, and if he did, he did. That's not a big deal. But the point I'm trying to make is, is look at how he words it. He says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. How do you know if somebody really is saved? By their love for the other saints. And obviously Paul, he's getting word back that these Christians in Colossians, in the Colossians church, their, their, their love for the saints is is being spread out. They're going out. They're serving one another. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 13, verse 35. John chapter 13, verse 35. Look at what Jesus says. He says, well, look at verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love that you also love one another. So that's the commandment that he's given the church. And what did, what did Paul say? He says, since we heard of your faith, so we heard that you claim to be a Christian, and of your love for all the saints. That's what sealed it. That's what said, yeah, these guys really are saved. Why? Because of their love for one another. And look at what the Lord says in verse 35. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if... You have love for one another. That's how people are going to know if you're really saved. That's how the world's going to know is if is your love for one another. Are we following that commandment that the Lord has given us to love one another as, as you love yourself? And that's how Paul knew that these guys really were saved. Why? Because he heard of their faith in Christ Jesus. So they claimed to be of the faith. And they showed it by their love for all the saints. Why is there so many different churches in America, man? It don't make sense. We've made it so confusing for people. Why are we not all one in Christ? There's so much division. By this, he says, you will know that the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this church was very well known for loving all the other saints, those who are in Christ. And by that, Paul knew, hey, yeah, these guys are for real. These guys are about the faith. And so now I bring it to 2021. 
Is the church loving one another now? Are us who are the saints of God, are we loving on one another? Are we sharpening each other? Are we fellowshipping each, with each other? Are we serving one another? That's the commandment the Lord gave us. We can all get better at it, of course. But that's the thing. Are you trying to? Or are you just saying, ah, oh, well, I can't do that. So I just don't even try. Let's read that one more time. Verse 4. Since we heard of, the, of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. So again, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, Of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So that tells me, hey, when we preach the gospel, we should be telling them of the hope that's in Christ. And what's that? That we're going to be in heaven forever. That there's eternal life. And so these, these Christians here, they heard of that hope. And that just fired them up to want to live for Jesus here on the earth. And it should do so for all of us to know that we are not of this world. But we are in this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, the Bible tells us. So because of the hope which is, is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Verse 6, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also known also among you. Since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. So look, the gospel will bring forth fruit into the Christian's life. The Bible tells us, the Lord tells us, Matthew chapter 7 verse 16. Look at what he says. Again, this is, I'm, I'm really wanting to go, I'm slowing it down and I know I'm repeating a lot. But because there's so much meat in here, I'm really wanting to slow this down and get you guys into an in-depth Bible study. That's what this is. This is an in-depth Bible study. So look at what the Lord says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. He says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. So how will you know the Christian? You will know them by their fruit. And if they've truly received the gospel, if they've truly received Christ into their lives, well, that gospel, Christ is going to bear fruit in their lives. He's going to cause that Christian to bear fruit. Now, how do you know? We all bear fruit, but is it good or is it bad fruit? Well, even the Word of God gives us that answer. How will you know if a Christian is bearing good fruit? He's going to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Look at, 
Look at Galatians chapter 5. And now how will you know if a Christian, this, this is, the word of God is so wonderful, guys. Because it gives you both sides. It'll let you know if, if they say they're a Christian, but they're bearing bad fruit. Well, then you'll know that they're not of God. But if they're bearing good fruit, you'll know they're of God. And he even, the Lord even lists what the fruit is of the bad and of the good. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. Here's the bad fruit. So if you see someone who says they're a Christian, but they're bearing bad fruit, you, if you're not practicing that same sin that they are, you have the right to go and correct them if you love them. As the Lord said that we should love one another as, as you love yourself. We should go and correct them in love, but in truth. Don't let these people tell you, oh, oh, you're judging me. You're judging me. Yeah, that's probably the most um, wrongly used scripture in the entire world is you're judging me. Now, look, as I said, if you're practicing one sin and then you try and go and correct that other person for that exact sin you're practicing, then, yeah, you're judging them. You're a hypocrite, plain and simple. But if you really slow down and look at chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 1 through 7, you know, the Lord clears it up and says, how can you who have a plank in your eye, go and tell your other brother about the plank in his own eye. But first go and remove the plank from your eye so that you may clearly see your brother's sin and ask him to remove the plank from his own eye. So it's biblical to go and correct one another. I'm not saying you go up and tell them you're going to hell. No, you go and correct them and say, hey, bro, you're, you're sinning. You need to stop acting like that. Right? Remember, you're an ambassador for Christ. So, what is the what is what is the bad fruit? It's this Galatians chapter five verse nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? So ask yourselves, are you practicing adultery? Now, what is adultery? It doesn't have to be physical. The Lord says, and as much as you lust over a woman or a man, you've already done it in my sight. Are you practicing that or are you trying to get better? Are you trying to stop? Or are you just not even caring and just getting better and better at it? That's what it means to practice. Are you practicing idolatry? You know, what, what do you have in your life that's more important than Jesus? Now, everybody's answer is typically, well, nothing's more important, but is it? Do you make TV? Do you say, Lord, my show's more important right now than you? Can you just hold off? And we like to put the Lord on the back burner. Oh, man. What a tragic thing that is that we do to our Lord. That's idolatry. Anything that is more important in your life than Jesus. Even your own family, your own kids, they should not be more important to you than Jesus. You can't love your kids if you don't love the Lord first. You just can't love them the right way. If 
you don't love Jesus more? Are you practicing jealousy? Outburst of wrath? Are you are you trying to get better at not bursting out in wrath? How about selfless ambitions? Are you practicing selfish ambitions in your life? Because if you are, the Bible says you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkenness, envy, murders, all these things. Those are the bad fruits. Now, what's the good fruit? Remember what, what Paul said here. He says, he says, and is bringing forth fruit as is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. So the gospel that they preached, the hope, was bringing forth fruit. Now, what kind of fruit was that bringing forth in the, in the Colossian church? It's found right here in verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. You already heard it. He says, he says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. So there's the first fruit. And by, the, by their fruit, you will know them, the Lord said. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. And if one is bearing that fruit, then you can look at them and say, Hey, you're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. So let's go back to Colossians. Again, verse 6, Which has come to you, what the hope, as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. So they knew the grace of God in truth, which is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Verse 7, as you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So Epaphras must have been the one who went back to Paul and said, hey, look, these guys in Colossus, they are their love for one another and their love for the church, for the other churches around us. I mean, guys, it's, it's real. It's genuine. And by that, by that, Paul said, we know that you're in the faith of Christ. Why? By your fruit. Examine your own heart right now. Examine your own hearts and ask yourself, what kind of fruit am I bearing in my life? What kind of fruit do I bear? Is it the fruit of the flesh or is it the fruit of the spirit? I'll leave you with this. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 15. I'll read just verses 1 through 6. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God's always desired that those who are in Christ, the saints, bear. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So you can't bear the fruit of the Spirit if you're not abiding in Christ. If you're not giving any of your time to the Lord in the Word 
or in prayer, don't expect to bear fruit. Pretty simple. Jesus then says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So we can't bear that fruit without Jesus, like I just said. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. I leave you with that verse, and I just ask that you would examine your hearts. What kind of fruit are you bearing? What are you practicing in your life? Are you practicing godliness or are you practicing sin? Look, if you're practicing sin, come back. The Lord is so forgiving and so merciful. Come back to him. He wants to forgive you. You can you can start over. You can start over. You can get your life right with Jesus. Come back to the Lord. He loves you so much. Don't listen to anyone who tells you, oh, you only got one chance and that's it. Once you sin, you can never come back. No, that's the biggest lie ever. Come back to the Lord, and then now, once you come back, live for Jesus. Serve Him with your life. Bear fruit that is worthy of the Lord. Bear fruit that will glorify God. The only way you can glorify God is by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. The only way you can bear the fruit of the Spirit is by abiding in Christ. And by this... People will know you by your fruit. They will they will be able to, you know, what are people saying when they look at you? How about whenever they go and they talk to, they talk about you to other people? Man, that guy over there, he is like a Jesus freak. And he's always talking about Jesus. He's always, you know, he's just like, he's different than us. Or are they saying, man, that guy over there says he's a Jesus freak, but dude, he don't act no different than me, you know? I just pray that you guys would leave and go and make disciples of all nations and serve one another. Bear the fruit that God has has, uh, given to us through the Spirit of God. God bless everyone. Have a great rest of your day.